Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily Harvest.com slash IS stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 67 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Joanne Howard. Joanne is from Central Florida, just outside of Orlando, where she works in customer service. Welcome, Joanne. Hi, Jen. It's so good to be chatting with you today. Well, I am super glad to have you here. How's the weather down there in Florida? Absolutely beautiful. It's I don't know what the temperature is, 67, 70 degrees, but it's cool. It's sunny, little bit of breeze. It's wonderful. Perfect Thanksgiving weather. That's And by the way, we're recording this right around Thanksgiving, but it will air in February. So in case anyone is confused, we're not in some kind of alternate universe <laughs> where February has Thanksgiving. But yeah, that's why people go to Florida, isn't it? For the beautiful weather. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, you know, I like to start off by asking, you know, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? 
Well, the super short story, the bottom line is that I was tired of weighing what I did when I was pregnant, when I delivered all three of my children. Oh, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I was an average weight in high school. I mean, we can go back 10 or 12 size, probably back in the mid eighties. Don't even remember really having weight consciousness. You know, I mean, the freshman 15 and early twenties, I tried the grapefruit diet to try to lose that, but that's all I really remember until early adulthood. I mean, I'm 51 now, so I'm mid-adult. I almost said mid-adult, but not quite. <laughs> so you and I, I bet you, are you class of 86 from high school? I am. I had a feeling. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it really is true. Maybe there was just something wrong with me, but I also was never weight conscious. I never even thought about it in high school. It really wasn't that emphasized or, or was it just maybe the, the circles that we ran in? But I, I don't remember. I've tried to look back and, you know, so many people talk about struggling all their, their life and how in high school they've always had started then. But really, was it just a different culture or were we just lucky? I think it may have been a different culture. It never crossed my mind. No, I have some friends that were really big and some that were tinier than I am now. And I'm the smallest I've ever been now. Did you say that you were a normal size in high school? Yes. I was probably a 10 or 12, you know? I wonder if that's what it is. You know, like I was always just, I mean, I was always fascinated by dieting. Like I would was interested because I guess my mother was dieting, but I didn't diet. Like I was interested in it and I thought about it, but I didn't need to. So maybe that's why we just went through high school oblivious to it. <laughs> yeah, I was aware of it. It was kind of, we ate what mom fixed and what mom fixed was what was on the Weight Watchers approved plan you know? And I also never looked at my friends and thought, she's so thin, she's so big. Well, I never I never thought about anyone else's weight. No. We, we certainly didn't talk about it. Maybe that was it. Yeah, th- that maybe too. Yeah. Yep, for sure. So I got married the first time in 1991. I got pregnant a year later. And through that pregnancy, I gained 35 pounds. So I was 130 when I got married, 135 when I got pregnant, and then 170 when I delivered her. That's really so funny. I, I also got married in 1991. <laughs> we, we have a parallel life we going do. on. Although, <laughs> although I did wait till 98 to have my first child. I didn't, I, I waited a while for that. But, you know, very similar thing. I had just lost some weight before I had my first child. I was probably in the lower 120s, but I got up to, I think, 163. Isn't it funny that we can remember that? I know. I know. Well, I did the same thing with all three of my children. I lost everything. And for the the eight years between my first and second child, I lost almost everything. And I don't even remember how, but I lost to 140 when I was pregnant with my second son in 2000 and 170 when I delivered him in 2001. And I dropped to 145 and delivered my third and last child in 2003 at 170. Oh, wow. So 170 is like your body's pregnancy weight. Exactly. That was all I got. And I was okay with that. Well, except that I never really lost all of that right away. The third time. The third time. I stayed at about 160 for about four years or so. And then that infamous thing called the divorce diet happened. Oh. Yeah. And I lost the rest of the weight. And I weighed what I did when I married when I divorced. So that kind of, do you think it was like you couldn't eat because of stress? Yes. And what I was eating was primarily like rice, you know, macaroni and cheese, nothing but carbs, but it didn't stick with me. I could keep nothing. I mean, in fact, I remember going away just to have some space to clear my head and talking to my husband on the phone saying, 
how can you say this is not affecting me? Nothing I eat stays with me. And he didn't notice apparently that I was losing the weight. Either that he was just happy and didn't care why. Um, <laughs> but, bless anyway. his heart, as we say in the South. Bless his heart. Yes, bless his heart. <laughs> but, you know, in, in that last few years of childbearing kind of thing, I tried things like Weight Watchers and Isogenics and Plexus and it works and, you know, all those sorts of things. Seven day cleanse, the, the capsules that you can buy over the counter at the drugstore, you know, that kind of thing or off the shelf, I guess. But I wouldn't call any of that successful. Fast forward a year. I mean, fortunately, I didn't spend thousands of dollars trying to lose weight. Just, you know, a couple of hundred. But <laughs> enough, you know, that this is try and fail, try and fail, try and fail. You know. Oh, yeah. So after you lost the weight after after the divorce, it came back is what you're saying. It did, but it didn't. It didn't right away. I was able to keep it off for a little while. And then I met someone. And then as they call it, the happy fat, I've heard someone else refer to it that way, which is funny. My body got, I had decided my, my body was happy at the weight it was at 170, even though I wasn't. But then I realized that as I was enjoying life more, we were eating more, not necessarily eating out because my husband's a fantastic cook. We did get married. I'm on the second time and it's an entirely different time, but we eat a lot of wonderfully cooked meals at home. So it progressed. I did try to lose weight again before we got married in 2014 and did those diet pills, the seven day cleanse pills. Yeah. The ones that make you go, you know? Oh yeah. And and incredibly uncomfortable make you go. And I tried, it works then as well, but it doesn't. (laughs) 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 Not for me anyway. I've got plenty of people that are doing it and whatever, but yeah, no, no, thank you. And I'm sorry, but keto coffee just tastes funny to me. I don't want. <laughs> we don't need to drink our ketones, right? No. <laughs> we want to make exactly. them for free. So, <laughs> Right, exactly. So I did get rid of about 10 pounds or so doing that, but I was still up in the one probably 45, 150 range when we got married. I did still have to wear shapewear under my wedding dress. And it was just a simple sundress type thing. We got married on the beach in June. So I, it wasn't anything big, long and formal, but I wanted to look a little better, you know, a little more compact. <laughs> so, oh yeah. So then fast forward to 2017 and my joining customer service all this time on my feet, on the go, working at Publix back and forth, walking either cashier or customer service or doing all the things. And then my mother-in-law's mental health took a turn and she wound up moving in with us in 2017. And I took medical leave from Publix and stayed home with her. So now my life that was on the go and never having a chance to really stop and snack was home with food sitting all day. Oh yeah. that And that's quite a different proposition, isn't it? Yes. And a whole other realm of stress in, involving that as well. So I basically became sedentary and would snack out of boredom or eat when I was feeding her or, you know, preparing her food, that kind of thing. The last two or three years, basically the weight just climbed back up. I was back up at 170 or so. I went up and down with my husband on this low carb thing. He's a diabetic and tries type two. And when he's being health minded, then he will eat low carb. So I've done that with him and I'll lose maybe two pounds. In a, you know, in a month, right? You know, maybe I did it the entire month of October, almost religiously, and I mean, to the point of having diet lemonade at Chick Fil A, right? You know, and there's is the best lemonade on the planet. Um, <laughs> so, but and still, no weight loss at all. Whatever that was October last year, forget it. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. You've heard me talk about it before with low carb. I've tried it. And, you know, I'm not the kind of person that does something half-heartedly. So I did it 100%, zero cheating. I followed the plan and lost no weight and was actually, I think, so, slowly gaining. <laughs> you probably, yes, agreed. Uh, me too. So March of this year, again, I had decided that I was... March of 2019, you're saying? 2019. Yes, you're right. 2019. Because when this airs, we're not in. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be 2020. <laughs> we're not in March we're, yet. <laughs> we're in the future. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I had, again, decided my weight was, my body was at its happy weight and whatever. You know, I wasn't going to just eat all the things all the time. Like I didn't care and just blow up. But I wasn't going to put forth that extensive effort to try again and fail. Again. Well, you know, I've, I've been through that myself. I think a lot of people who have been on the roller coaster, like you describe, could understand the whole, like, you take, you, you work really hard for a while, you get a little bit down, and then you, like, give it up for a while, and you're like, never mind, I just am going to be, you keep saying happy weight, because we just think that that's the weight that our body is going to be. We're going to have to just be happy at that weight, really. You know, it's like, gosh darn it, this is where my body, quote, wants to be, and I'm going to embrace it. That was me. Yeah, you know? exactly. I was in a size 14, and they <laughs> were probably too. a little snug, and uh-huh. extra large shirts, and, you know, to wear them untucked, because goodness knows I don't want the rolls to show. I'm, I'm self-aware enough of that. And that, that's the way I think that I, I was all the time, the same thing. I would wanted to cover it up. March of 2019, my husband decided he's going to do the low carb thing again, be health minded. He wants to get off of his, some of his meds, lose some weight. He'd been to the doctor. She said, I'd like to see you lose some weight. Okay, great. So I reduced the carbs that I was eating as well. Basically no more white stuff at the meal, right? So we have green vegetables and protein. That's our meal. I have a friend who lives a little farther south on the East coast from where I do. So we're real friends in real life, but we're staying in contact through Facebook, you know, like so many of us do. And she was having a luncheon near her home for this organization that I'm part of this group on Facebook. So I went to have this luncheon with her about two hours away from home. So while we're at Olive Garden of all places, (laughs) I'm making a comment about wanting to lose weight and needing to eat low carb as I shove the Olive Garden breadstick in my mouth you know? <laughs> uh, and have the spaghetti with the veal or the chicken Parmesan, you know, all those things. So I'm, you know, fussing about this or whatever. And she says, have you ever heard of intermittent fasting? And I said, well, you know, I mean, I grew up in church and she knew that and we're of Christian faith. So of course I've heard of fasting, you know, Jesus fasted for 40 days or whatever, but never for a health or weight loss context kind of thing. So she told me about your first book, Delay Don't Deny, and how she lost a little bit of weight on it and was doing this and that and the other. And before I left town, I had downloaded the Kindle version and I took my, I had taken my dog and I took her not to Olive Garden, but to a a dog sitter down there. (laughs) And I took her to the beach for the first time. So we did that. Well, later on about dark, I'm driving home on the turnpike and I decide just to read the book. Now, I didn't get the audio version. <laughs> so I'm literally driving on the turnpike in the right-hand lane, reading the book and flipping the pages and just going like crazy. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. People. Do not do that. That is not what Jen wants you to do. not. That's, it's really funny that you say that. You know, we're not encouraging that. Please do not read while driving. But my husband remembers going on basketball trips when he was in high school, and his coach would read while driving the van. So please do not do that, everybody. (laughs) 
Joanne does not want you to do that. Do not do that. I do not advocate doing what I do. No, wait until you get home. I started reading it and just got so captured by it. It made so much sense. I was intrigued. I was, I didn't want to wait to read the rest of it until I got home. So I just kept reading. I knew I had to get home. But anyway, it was simple. Audiobooks save lives. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yes. (laughs) There you go. Yes. That's what my mom did. She got the audiobook. She wanted to take notes. Well, I want to be able to go back and refer to the page. I like to bookmark the page in my Kindle version so I can go back and, oh yeah, that's what that said. But it was so simple. The science was sound. You know, I researched for another week before I ever started. And I'm like, okay, let me figure out what this does. Let me get into this a little further because like you, I'm all or nothing. I'm all in. So head first, feet first, whatever you want to call it, I'm there. So it it just made sense. So I, I, I realized maybe I didn't have to look pregnant for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> so I had actually some pictures taken just in regular street clothes. My son and his girlfriend had their prom on the 16th of March. And so I had some pictures taken with him. So anyone that's in the Facebook groups that sees my before and after my before March 16th is me <laughs> puffy at my son's prom pictures kind of thing in the park. But maybe I didn't have to stay there pregnancy week. So I started on the 18th of March. My idea was to go 20 hours fasted and eat from, say, 5 to 9. I thought, I don't have to eat lunch at Publix. You know, I get a half hour break. Sometimes I don't even eat then. But I really want to eat with my family. You know, we like that time. We don't have every night. But when we do, that's when we would be together. My boys and their dad and I share time with them. So they're here every other week. So certainly when they're here, I want to make sure that I have that time with them. I didn't want them concerned. See, mom, why aren't you eating? Which one of them asked me one time? I said, really? Because we had a big lunch and I'm going to sit here and drink my coffee while you guys eat. And it was black. It was not in my, I I decided to do a black fit because I don't want to do the good coffee and then miss it when I go black. Yeah. No. (laughs) So, So that's what I did. Because of my work schedule, the first three or four days, I actually wound up going, I mean, straight in like to 22 hours and I haven't looked back. So you did 22 hours in your first week? Yes, ma'am. Wow. You jumped right in. I jumped right in. I would go to the car on my lunch break. The weather, the then was like it is now. It was absolutely beautiful. I would sit in the car, roll the windows down, either listen to a podcast or read one of the, the other books that I have on my Kindle and drink another liter of water. I drink two liters of water a day. I would I drink one still on the way to work in the morning. So in about 20 minutes, I drink a liter of water and then take the rest of the day to drink my second one. And that's what I did. That's how I made it through. Himalayan pink salt was my friend that first two or three months, though. I got to tell you, <laughs> big time, my friend. So you just put a little sprinkle in your water or do you put a little tiny bit in your mouth? As- I put a few crystals under my tongue. Yep. We sell and, and probably Walgreens and the other drugstores like that would sell a little metal screw cap thing that just goes in your pocket or your purse. I, I picture the the people in the movies with nitroglycerin. They have it in that thing because it's watertight. Oh, yeah. That little thing, little canister. And see, it's so interesting. I have never used the salt during the fast. Unless I have like a sore throat, then I would gargle with salt water or try sipping on it. I'm Maybe I'm, I'm extra sensitive to salt because I think it makes me puffy. But um, I mean, I certainly salt my food in my eating window freely. But it's, it's funny. No one was talking about using salt during the fast for like years. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, boom, everyone, I think it came out of the keto community. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think the keto mm-hmm. community started it because you tend to have more of an electrolyte imbalance on the keto plan. So 
But yes, salt does not break the fast, so that's good. But just if you're like me, if it makes you puffy, be a little more careful. <laughs> right. Yes. And I, and I was, I, I, and I had customers that would see me at Publix and they go, okay, what are you doing? You know, and I would tell them and, and you know, what are you putting in your mouth kind of thing? Cause they might see me and, oh, you better watch your blood pressure. Well, I did. And I was okay, but I only did it maybe twice a day, you know, and it, it was only two or three crystals. So it's not like I was ODing on salt. Right. So everybody, just be careful about that. I wouldn't go nuts with it, but make sure you're using it safely and that you're aware that you're perfectly fine to do it. Anyway, I just want to throw that little disclaimer in there. But it's just so funny because I don't use it at all. And people are always talking about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't. (laughs) Well, I don't use it anymore. Yeah, okay. I haven't used it in probably three or four months. I mean, I've been fasting for eight months and haven't used it, yeah, probably in four or five. But it helped you when you were adjusting did it help you with symptoms or was it psychological? Like, did you notice it helped with headaches? What were you using it for? Or just, it just helped you get through mentally? It, it probably was more mental because it was that initial hunger. Like, how do I deal with this kind of thing? Until I realized that I, like everyone says, I'm not going to die from being hungry. Uh, not at this point, you know, I, th- I think it was probably more mental. Yeah. More psychological for that. And you know, that's a perfectly good reason to use it because it's just a tiny little bit. And if it helps you mentally get through that hurdle, then go for it. Exactly. And it doesn't break the fast because, oh my goodness, I need to eat. What do I do with this? So I'm going to go grab a fill in the blank out of the pantry. You know, if it's not salt, you know, cause we're used to having something in our mouths all the time that that's flavorful, even if it's, you know, so many people using the water enhancers or the lemon or the whatever. And, and I never did those, but I had a soda here and there or the sweet creamy coffee, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, I sure put anything in the water you could put in there. I was putting it in there. Really? Oh yeah. Now they all, they all tasted like syrup to me. Now I like some sweet stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I just, I never, I mean, I did, I did crystal light from time to time, but yep. I would do that. There's little pouches that you would pour in and I guess to your water bottle and shake like the Dickens. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, people say, you know, they, they can't stand the taste of water. I'm like, isn't that an interesting commentary on today's society that people can't stand the taste of water because our taste buds expect, you know, something sweet and delightful at all times. And I think part of that is our tap water has such different flavors from place to place. I will fill an extra bottle if I go visit my grandmother who lives down closer to Orlando. If I go, in fact, I stayed with her a couple of days, a few months ago with some surgery and I took four bottles of water and put them in a wine bag. So I have enough for the two days. And my sister's like, really? And I said, I know that I want to drink the water, but I don't know that I will having Orange County tap water. Or well water. I think she may even be on well water. And I wanted to have it accessible and tasteful for me. So I filled it with the filter out of my fridge and took it with me. And that's what I do. I had There's a, a water refrigeration filter thing at my work. So I fill it there. I just use a, re, a washable dishwasher safe bottle. Drink my water from my fridge in the morning and then refill it at work with the filtered water there. I don't do tap water. I'm the same way. I don't drink tap water either because like you, I do pick up on flavors. You're right. So um, maybe people who think they don't like water, maybe they're just talking about tap water. I don't know. But yeah, we have one of those big water cooler things, you know, at our house. Like I've had one at my house for years. I'll just keep filling up my, you know, if I'm drinking still water, sometimes I'll drink my San Pellegrino sparkling. But like right now I have a mug of hot water because my dispenser does hot. So I'll just get out some hot and drink that and it's delicious, but it's filtered. 
Right. Yep. And the, and the one at work, it's, I can't drink it if it's super, super cold. So I fill it most of the way, like I have a 40 ounce bottle. So I probably fill 32 ounces or 34 ounces of cold water and then put hot water in it just to make it temperate. So it's almost room temperature. That way I can drink it in larger quantities at a time and not just sip, sip, sip. So I get it all down. So my mother-in-law passed away in June of 2018. So now I'm back to work at Publix. And that's when I started on the going to lunch and just drinking my water in the car. People, when I sat in the break room, they're looking at me like, why aren't you eating? And I did the whole thing, you know, I'll eat later or depending on who it was and what kind of friendship we had with them, I would tell them that I was fasting. Really? That's how you're doing all this. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how I'm getting rid of us. Uh, so that, that was June of 2019, right? June of 2019? Well, um, no, she passed away in 2018. Okay. June of 2018. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I had about six or eight months just regular back to life kind of thing at Publix. And then I started fasting in March of 2019. All right. Got it. Yes. So that's when I started the 22-2. And I weighed 172 when I started that first morning. I weigh every morning still. I was 172 the first morning. Now my highest weight, I think was probably 178 about a month earlier. I had been to the chiropractor. I'd hurt my back in February. And I think they weighed me. Now I was dressed then, but still. And probably, you know, if you had a pain in your back, you may have had some inflammation. Yes. Yes. So we'll say that was 178. It was my highest. So 172 within that month, maybe I'd lost a couple pounds doing the low carb with my husband that first week or two of, of March. And I just, I set myself a goal of, okay, I know when I'm not pregnant, I have been 130 to 140. So let's say 30 to 40 pounds I can lose. That should be, you know, a decent target. I didn't put a time frame on it. I didn't have any of these. I mean, I had, so I started in March while well, Easter came up and then Mother's Day and then my son's graduation and vacation and then a, a nephew's wedding. But I'd never set a time frame saying, okay, by this date, I need to have this much lost. As it happened, I would maybe extend a fast a little bit longer. I'd eat dinner yesterday and lunch tomorrow kind of thing, like for the Easter on a Sunday, that kind of thing. And But I, I still didn't really do anything. At that point, I had already started doing an extended fast like that, 40 to 44 hours. So a 36-hour fast is not a big deal. So when you were doing, when you were doing 40 to 44 hour fast, were you just eating one meal in between them? I do that once a week. Okay. A long, you do a longer fast once a week? Yes. Maybe twice a week, depending on my schedule and my husband's schedule. Cause if he's not here and I don't have to cook, I may not eat. Yep. And then the day, the day after the longer fast, what do you do on those days? I do just one meal. I stick to my one meal a day. I'm going to give you a little caution there. I would encourage you just it's a big on those. Meal. <laughs> I, okay. I would encourage you though, to consider um, in my new book that's coming out June of 2020, I'm really emphasizing the importance of the up days after a longer fast and um, making sure that you have at least two meals on those days, just because of the research on alternate daily fasting or the longer fasts. The people um, that were studied, they did not have metabolic slowdown. They were, you know, having the longer fasts, 36 hours-ish, possibly up to 42. But then the next day they ate, you know, quote, normally. And they found that the eating normally, they were actually eating an average of 110% of their, you know, quote, daily caloric requirements. So, you know, I'm not 
encouraging you to count calories because you know how I feel about that. But you can see that they were they were not restricting themselves in any way on the up days. And I do think that's the piece that is so protective of the, the metabolism. And I did not emphasize that enough in Delay Don't Deny. So I just want to make sure that everybody, you, what you don't want to do is too much fasting and then a small, you know, one meal a day and then another long fast. I would just encourage you to have true up days. That's my little plug right there. <laughs> right. I'm not... 5-2 and I'm not ADF. Saturday or Sunday, my husband will work late. This week, it's today because he's a manager at Publix. So he has to close the store tonight. So he won't be home until probably 11. And then on Wednesdays, so I've, I've jumped ahead a little bit, but I now have a full-time job outside of Publix. And Publix, I only work on Wednesday nights. So I work from 9.30 to 6 at my full-time job. And then... 6.15 to 10 at Publix. Well, if I don't eat lunch, which I don't usually, that means I don't eat until 11 o'clock, which I'm not going to do either. I'm going to go to bed. Right. So it's just easier just to go to bed. It's just easier not to. Exactly. So I just go to bed, sleep through the hunger, and then get up and eat dinner on Thursday and on the weekend. So I have at least two days in between my longer fasts. The only thing I would tweak is that on Thursday, instead of waiting all the way to dinner, maybe have, you know, have a second meal that day. Just keep that in mind because it's a balance. You know, we think if we fast more, that's got to be better. But really, even though fasting is protective of our metabolism, there does come a point, which I do think is different for everyone, but there comes a point when your body's like, there really isn't any food coming. I'm just going to slow things down a little bit. Even though fasting is protective, I would just encourage you to be be cautious about that. So we want to balance it. Think about it like a seesaw. If you have you know, lower on one end, it's going to go higher on the other. So think about that. You know, you want to have that that seesaw balance of the low day where you're not eating anything for the long time. And then the next day, have it be up. Sorry, that's the teacher in me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, I do the same thing. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how the watch works really, but I'm going to tell you maybe how, what time zone you're in, you know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I thought, <laughs> You know, if if I could reach a round number goal, so to speak, by whatever occasion it would be, say my son's graduation was in May or early June and we went on a cruise for, to celebrate that. If I could lose 30 pounds, that'd be great. But I didn't do anything really to change what I was doing. You know, I lost 28 pounds and change. That's pretty close. I call that right there. That's within the fluctuation range. I call that a success. Exactly. That's right. So I would call that a success. Right. So that was the only thing, the only kind of goal for time frame that I had. I maintained my one meal a day on vacation. My husband, I would go with him to the buffet because, you know, on a cruise, they got the buffet all day. Oh, yeah. But I opened my window. I extended it from the two to four hours to probably six or seven hours so that I could have the boat drink by the pool. And then we could have appetizer, you know, all the fun things. Oh, yeah. Me too. I love to do that on a cruise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like I, I teetotal the rest of the time. I'll have a glass of wine in my window or whatever, or a cocktail if we go out with friends, but not in the middle of the afternoon, you know? <laughs> right. Oh, boat. yeah. But we had been low carb this whole time. So, but except on the cruise, then we ate all the things, appetizers, breads, two dinners, because, you know, on a cruise, there's smaller meals, so they don't have waste, but you can get two entrees. So I get two entrees. I get this and that, and I get appetizer and salad and the whole thing and dessert and I put on 2.4 pounds. Are you kidding? That's all? No, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so you had not been eating carbs 
You went on the cruise, ate all the things, and only put on 2.4 pounds. See, that's pretty remarkable. (laughs) Yes. Now, my husband, who was only low-carb and not fasting, having cream in his coffee and equal in the morning and equal sweetened tea with his medicine in the morning and take the coffee to work. And we're talking Turvis Tumbler coffee, not mug, you know, and lunch or hungry for snack, but it's, it's low carb snack. It's cheese and pepperoni or whatever, you know, and then lunch and then dinner, all of that. And he's lost 30 pounds. Yay. We go on the cruise. He puts on 13 eating all the things. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know what this might make me think about you? Perhaps you're not somebody who needs to do low carb. Perhaps your body responds better to carbs. Exactly. Because for me, whenever I would try low carb, I would immediately, quote, lose four pounds. But that was, I think that was the the water weight. And then as soon as I would reintroduce carbs, I would, quote, gain, you know, right back those four. So I think my water weight balance with low carb is four pound swing. But I was able to lose weight when I added back the carbs. So that's just so very interesting. Your husband put on, you said 13 pounds. 13 pounds. Mm -hmm. Eating all the things and you only went up 2.4. So so since this cruise was what month? June. So after that, what have you continued to go back to low carb or have you? Only in response or in in relation to our meals. Now I snack with crackers. It's easier. Yes, because I don't want to fix something that I know he would like to eat. And it's choosing not to. So it's, and, and somebody said, well, why, why can't you? I said, because I'm choosing not to. It's not hurting me. I am getting carbs because I snack on crackers or I'll have cheese and crackers or a dip. I made this yummy spinach dip the other day. I'm like, oh, I'm so making that for Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, Yum. Oh, but, I love spinach dip. Yes. Well, this one, you're supposed to put it in croissants and bake it. So it's this little, like little cheese wrap bundle. Ooh. Yes. And I said, oh, no, I'm heating that up and using it on wheat thins or Ritz crackers or something. So We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on 
on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I'll email you the recipe or something. So Please do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I went back to low carb just in relation to the meals, but my snacks are, I wouldn't say carb heavy, but they're carb inclusive. And so my, my initial goal was 30 pounds, maybe with a 40 pound range in there. Okay. So I hit that pretty much by vacation. I mean, one week post vacation, really I'm at 20 weeks, I think 20 weeks in. And I reached my ultimate goal of 40 pounds. Wow. Now that's, that's pretty amazing. That's a pretty quick rate of loss. That was about two pounds a week. I think exactly. I think that it's probably the combination for me of the low carb, the water and the fasting. I, I, a lot of it I'm sure was, was reduced calories as well because I was going from snacking and whatever to one meal a day, but it's, I've kept going and I didn't plan on it. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm going to continue fasting, but I'm at 49.8 pounds this morning. Wow. Yes. So your weight is, do the math for us. 122.2. Wow. And so when's the last time you've been at that weight or in that, in that range? The the first of this month when I had a colonoscopy? (laughs) Other than no, I never really in, in my memory, I, I even called my mom and said, help me with this. What do you remember my weight being like? I don't remember ever being below 130 ever. Wow. Yeah. I was 120. So how tall are you? I am 5'3". Okay. That's, that seems like just a perfect weight. Right. I have been, I've been losing. Okay. So at 20 weeks in, which is four and a half months. And I'm now just over eight months. So for the last three and a half months, it's taken me to lose 10 pounds roughly. So that's that's another confirmation that this is the realm in which my body is now happy, eating healthily and moderately. I'm still maintaining because of my schedule that one day extended fast because it feels good. And when I go to Publix, I have to, I'm counting cash usually in the cash office to close And I need, if there's a problem, I need to be able to solve it and find it and not have to call my manager who's not working. So I don't eat that day. Right. For sure. Because we know the ketones from fasting go to your brain and give it superpowers. (laughs) Oh, that's true. So true. (laughs) And so I, and I've done it. I ate, I grabbed a quick snack. One of the first days that I had this second job, that's now my full-time job. And that was a mistake because I was foggy. I, I was like, okay, back up. I have to do this again. It's not making sense. But other than that, I'm, I haven't changed anything. I may extend my window a little bit. I actually ate last weekend at my full-time job. We had a Thanksgiving luncheon for the employees and everybody brought a dish. And I thought, well, you know, it's just a Saturday. And I thought, no, this is going to be, I don't need to be non-inclusive. I can show appreciation to the others that have committed the time and effort and money and family recipe or whatever to do this. I'll eat lunch. My husband was working late that Saturday. It could have been a longer fast, but I chose with freedom and no guilt to have lunch that day. Oh, and guess what? I ate dinner too, <laughs> but it was one of those weird, I'm just going to throw whatever together yeah, kind of dinners. It wasn't even 
an actual absolutely just like snacks kind of thing. But that's my other thing is if I eat lunch, I'm typically not hungry for dinner. So I'll have something very small later in the day before I close. And then we went to, we're supporters of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we went to the Bucks game on Sunday this last week. And my husband stopped at Hardee's and got biscuits. And I said, well, don't get one for me, but I'll eat the second biscuit because he'll, he'll eat two meats and one biscuit. So <laughs> he just got the two meats and gave me the other. So I had right. breakfast. And then we had stadium food and then we came home and had carabas for dinner. And so I ate all that day and I only put on a couple pounds, but I knew because it was salty. What we had was I had fries and at the stadium and I had a couple drinks at the stadium. And then we had carabas, which was salty at the, you know, with the oil and the herbs for the bread and whatnot. So I took that off in a a couple of days, you know. Oh, yeah. And see, I think that's really important for everybody to understand because there's so many people that really don't get that. You know, we see it in the Facebook support groups. People are like, oh, no, I spent a whole day eating and I'm up, you know, three pounds. And does that mean that my metabolism is ruined and intermittent fasting doesn't work for me? And the answer is no. (laughs) What it means is you have more food in your system. And also when you eat out and you're at restaurants, you're retaining water. So it's the weight of the food, it's the weight of the fluid that your body retains, and it's not any indication that you've, you know, gained the fat because it really is sabotaged, right? Yeah. It's impossible to gain or lose that much fat. You know, like when someone starts, I mean, that quickly, that quickly. When someone starts intermittent fasting, they're like, it's my first week and I'm down 12 pounds. You know, that that's not 12 pounds of fat. And so if they go on a cruise like your husband and gain 13 pounds, he didn't gain 13 pounds of fat. <laughs> so you you have to understand the fluctuations. And it's really like some people just honestly have no idea about how that works. And then they just, they don't understand those fluctuations. So you were like, no big deal. And it's gone. Exactly. It's gone. And then some, I went right back to my one meal a day, which I intend to fully do with occasional exception until forever. You know, I feel great. I don't have like, like everyone says, I have so much energy. Um, Even my sister has started fasting. My mom, both sisters, my husband, a girl at work, and who's so excited that I'm going to be on a podcast. And, And my manager at my other job, you know, I told probably a dozen people and half of them probably are, are fasting. My sister doesn't own scales. She doesn't use an app. She just knows when she finishes eating, she doesn't eat for 20 hours. She's drinking just water in her window because she likes the creamy coffees and all that. So if she has them, she has them in her window. She doesn't know what she weighs. She doesn't know. I I even talked to her last night. So I just was excited that she was actually still doing it because I wasn't sure she, she would be. My husband did start fasting with me. There's a lot of freedom in the not knowing, not knowing what you weigh, right? Yeah, sure there is. I just, I use it. Just because I, I I don't know. It's not one of those things ever that has freaked me out or really super made my day. I will say when I hit the 40 pounds, my, my love, my grandmother is 97 years old and probably would be considered, she's very definitely petite. She's teeny tiny short wise and she thinks she's heavy, but this woman eats a Wendy's Jr. hamburger, add lettuce, tomato every day, just about. She puts nine hot, I mean, nine black pepper packets on it. 
and drinks black coffee. So I need, definitely need to start with the black coffee and the black pepper because at 97 with no meds, you know. That's amazing. And is that all she eats in a day? Is that like all she has is her Wendy's no, meal? No, okay. she has no, especially when I fix food for her and take her, she'll eat that. But she'll take one regular, what I would eat as one sitting, she will stretch into three. So she's very reduced in, in her intake. She doesn't eat much. No, she doesn't eat much. And she probably never has, not least in recent years. That's really fascinating because when I was, uh, we hear that so many times, people who are, you know, 97, who have reached, you know, close to 100 or over 100, they eat very little food compared to, you know, what's what's the norm. And when I was researching for my second book, Feast Without Fear, I was looking at, it was a, like some kind of report that the, I can't remember the name of it. It was a governmental report where they were comparing what people from different places ate like all around the world. And it was like the average number of calories. And again, I'm not recommending people start counting calories, but people that were, you know, in Okinawa, which is a longevity hotspot, were eating so many fewer calories, especially in the, you know, the higher age ranges. They just are not eating a lot of food. So, you know, anyone who's worried that they're not eating enough, you know, look at, look at 97 year old grandma. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, she was concerned. You don't need to lose anymore. Are you trying to lose anymore? I said, I'm not. If I do, it's just because it happens. I said, I will say this though. I am so, now this was when I was at like 146. I mean, not, I'm sorry. When I had lost about 46, 47 pounds, I said, I'm so close. It would be neat just to say I've lost 50, (laughs) right? But I'm not trying, I'm not going to do anything. I mean, the day that I do an extended fast and wake up the next morning and go to the bathroom and then wait, maybe I will can say I'm at 50, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing anything actively to try to do more, to lose 50 or more pounds, you know? Isn't that a great feeling too? Like if you just stayed where you are right now for the rest of your life, you'll be happy. Like you found a lifestyle that feels good. You don't want to change up what you're doing. And it just, you don't want to lose any more weight. You're just at a point where you'd like to maintain. And you still have that flexibility like that Sunday where you had the breakfast, the lunch, the dinner, no big deal. Right. All the things. Yep. All the things. All the things. All the things. I like all the things. Now, I will say that there are days she, my grandmother went in for a pacemaker two, three months ago, and I just felt off. I don't know if it was emotions. I don't know if it was stress, but I had lunch that day too. And I was totally fine with that. It's, that's what, that's what fasting has done for me is I don't obsess about food or the rules because the only rule is the clean fast. Right. And finding what works for me. And I did, and it does, and it will. I have completed 226 fasts. I don't know where's my phone or how many hours I'm in, but eight o'clock last night, maybe I stopped eating. So whatever the math is, or is it two o'clock? I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) See, you don't even have to, you don't even know. (laughs) It's just a regular day. I don't even know. (laughs) I'm at over 5,300 hours fasted. Wow. Gosh, I would be so interested in what mine was. That's it. I wish I had that data. I don't. <laughs> I use both the MyFast app because I started with that one. So it has my very first fast in it and everyone since then. So that's why I continue to use that one. I love the weight loss graph in that because it's showing. I, I, I sent a, a snapshot, a screenshot of it to somebody, uh, posted it on a comment on the Facebook group and to a, a gentleman who had posted his, his trend. And I said, this is, I said, I'm loving this trend too. And he responded, he said, that's no trend. That's a dope slope. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> a dope slope. 
because it was, it was, it's pretty sweet, you know, but then I started using the life app because I love the ketosis and the high fat burning and the Tabashi, the symbols that are on that app. So I use them both. So I have to put my weight in, I have a double plus I have a spreadsheet. So I'm kind of like you and some of the other podcasters. I'm, I'm a data freak and I'm a research. In fact, I had one job that used to call me Google. <laughs> Love it. They come up, hey, does anybody know how to, oh, wait a minute, let's ask Google, you know, and it was me. <laughs> but yes, I love the data as well. I know that my eating window is about two to three hours, typically just enough time really for me to taste while I'm preparing the meal and then eat. And then I'm done. I extend it if I want to, if I feel like snacking earlier, if we're not going to eat till later, you know, whatever. I don't freak out about the time. I do try to set a minimum of 20, but if I don't make it, I don't make it. Okay, whatever. Now, I want to give you a little a little advice here. As you're settling into maintenance, which you are, don't be surprised if your body says to eat a little more. You know, you may find that your your window length gets a little longer. Mine has. A little bit longer, right. Yeah, mine has gotten a little longer, you know, because your body is going to ask you to eat a little more. Right. And again, I'm not going to freak out if it does that. Right. If my body needs it, my body needs it. I'm, I'm aware enough now of, no, this is just one of those wait, you should eat because it's time, you know, kind of things. Or no, I'm really feeling a little peckish. So I'm going to eat. That's the most fascinating part of this to me, not the weight loss, because I knew that would happen, but how aware of myself I am with this, my physical self. And that really is powerful. You know, you you become aware of the feelings of, of true hunger versus a wave. That's the thing, you know, someone asked just the other day, maybe it was yesterday, they're like, when does when do you stop having hunger? I'm like, never. No. You never you stop having <laughs> hunger. And I think that freaks out new people because they're like, what? Because you think it, but it doesn't build and build and build. You have a wave of hunger and then it's gone. Like just me talking about it right now gave me a wave of hunger. My body's like, oh, there you go. But it, it's, it doesn't get worse. And it's so much less pronounced than if I choose to eat all day, then I'm like constantly looking for something else to eat. Right. And oh, I do too. And that's why I tried to not open my window. Oh, God. I was, I want to say it was after, maybe right after that, the day I worked after the colonoscopy. So to, anyway, I think I had, I had taken, because I wasn't sure being completely empty. Now I did eat that day. I had I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner on that Monday as well. I had made some homemade soup and my mom was with me. So we had that and a little tomato mozzarella salad. And then I had dinner with my husband that night. But I took some snacks with me to work the next day just because I wasn't sure. Just for the record, doctor said he doesn't even need to see me in the office to follow up. There's nothing to follow up on. I'm good for 10 years. So that's awesome. <laughs> so that's very good. I, in fact, I went to the, the regular doctor. I had to find one because I haven't been to the doctor unless I was super bad sick. And it's probably been 10 years. Yeah. See, I've, I've got to get to the doctor too. Same thing. But you know what? I was always at the doctor because I was always sick. Like when I was teaching before intermittent fasting. Oh, teaching. I can see that easy. <laughs> well, but even once I became a, a regular intermittent faster and the last time I went to the doctor was 2015 for an illness. I was sick. I had the flu in 2015. And, but before that, I mean, I was intermittent fasting by that point. And then I never have been sick enough to go to the doctor again since 2015. So it's been, you know, over four years, almost five years since I've had to go to the doctor for an illness. Well, I went just to, so that I'd have a baseline. And I almost wish that I had gone before I started fasting. Me too. I wish I had a baseline. 
so that I had those results, blood work and all that. So, but I have my four month in maybe results. I don't remember the date that I went off top of my head, but every, my cholesterol was slightly higher than it should have been. But I've also researched that that's kind of normal when you're fasting. So great. It is. And especially if you're losing fat, you know, there's a, um, an article that I like to share when people are asking about cholesterol, they're like, oh no, I've always had great cholesterol. Now all of a sudden it's up. The name of the, it's in PubMed. It's called like the, the transient nature of hyper cholesterol, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Right, right, right. It's a big word. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically it means temporarily having high cholesterol while your body is losing fat. <laughs> right. So now that I'm in, like you said, maintaining this weight that I'm at, I would love to go back. Of course, I, my insurance won't pay for it for another six months or whatever. So I'm going to wait, but I'm, I'm confident that it'll be. I went and I told her, I said, honestly, I'm here just to prove to you and my husband and myself that I'm as healthy as I believe that I am. And I was. She said, I'll see you in a year. You know, don't, never mind the six month checkup. I'll see you in a year. I'm like, awesome. But I, like you, I, I wanted to weigh daily, but I didn't want to freak out about that weight. So I did, instead of keeping it in a notebook like you did, I have a spreadsheet. And I keep all of my measurements on there too. And I average, I did formulas and everything. So I just have to turn it back. (laughs) The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. I see. I think that that's the way to do it. You know, when you have to get the emotion out of it however you can, whether it's weekly averaging with your spreadsheet or whether it's an app like Happy Scale that shows you your trend or whatever it is that gets the emotion out of it is what you need to do. For me, once I you know, was comfortable and had been maintaining, I had to get the emotion out of it by stopping weighing. But that doesn't mean I'm against weighing. But just that for me, it was that was the way I got the emotion out of it. And, and I know too, that when I see that graph on the MyPast app, that there's a little bit of emotion that goes with that. And I'm like, sweet. <laughs> when I see, but, but but at the same time, or conversely, when I see it go up a little bit, I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. It'll be back off tomorrow. Yeah. Or it goes up two days in a row. No big deal. You know, maybe I had more carbs and always keep your honesty pants going. <laughs> yes. I don't know that I have honesty pants because now my size fours are a little loose. And that's kind of waking oh, me up going, oh, my Weight soul. loss problems. <laughs> I yeah. I, and I didn't go out now. I did buy a lot of clothing, but I went to clearance racks. So I was the clearance rack queen for about four days. All sorts of different stores, different towns, everything. But I, I made sure that I got change of season clothes that I could wear to work. I mean, I had three pair of black pants that fit and that was it. But I needed more than that because I need to wear different things to my other job. Well, hold on for the size twos. They'll be around the corner. Expect to see that. Like, yes. 
like your weight may not go down anymore. Like you may be where your weight's going to stay, but you know, I, I would not be surprised if you didn't end up in a two or even I know shrunk down to a zero, even though you might still weigh the same amount, you may still see 122 on the scale or maybe even 125, but you'll notice your pant size goes down. That's what happened for me. I'm wearing size six today just because the color looked better with the shirt I picked to wear, <laughs> but I have to have a belt on. <laughs> so, yeah. The only thing that I eliminated from my diet was regular soda because for me, that would be a crutch, a craving kind of given to regular Pepsi or Coke. It didn't matter which one McDonald's was Coke, of course. And then if I go to a, a convenience store, if they had Pepsi, that's what I would prefer. But that's the only thing that for me, I eliminated. We would go to the movies. We have popcorn because, you know, you just have to. So I started mixing Coke Zero and Coke to where I wound up with all Coke Zero. and But now I get just a small one instead of the large, even though I'm the AMC Stubbs whatever member thing that I you do just don't upsize. need it. I really don't want the upsides. No. Mm-mm. See, for me, I rarely drink soda, but when I do, I drink a real one. <laughs> and, you know, I did. I OK, experiment of one here. My boys were with us this Saturday and I needed them to hang around and move some furniture for me to get some things situated for Thanksgiving coming up. Cause of course we're recording this early. And I said, I'll even buy you Burger King if you want it. And they're like, Oh, Whoppers. Okay. Cause I have not had fast food. Not really since I started fasting in March. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to eat it too. So I, the one thing I have wanted though, that I haven't gotten was a Whopper. But I thought I don't want to trigger that for lunch and then either not eat dinner or give in or whatever. I'm just going to postpone. I'm going to have dinner with my delay. Don't deny. Delay. (laughs) Exactly. So this week I did not. I no longer denied, nor did I delay any longer. (laughs) I had a Whopper meal with onion rings and I had him get me a regular Coke just to see how I would feel after and in the coming days because Coke used to make me achy. Regular Coke would make me achy. I feel fine. I have not craved it since then. And I'm okay, which tells me that. Well, it's lost its power. Exactly. Exactly. So you're, it no longer is having that pull. So you're not like, oh, I wish I could. Now you're like, yeah, no big deal. I love that. Eh, right. If I have another one, okay. Or not. Whatever. That's when it, when it loses its appeal. That's when it's fabulous. Now we are almost out of time. So, you know, I like to end by asking, what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would say that the biggest tool that I had, aside from the clean fast, is my all or nothing mental approach. I approached every other situation. Let's see if this works. Well, I'm going to give this a try or yeah, let's see how this goes. With intermittent fasting, it will work. Some part of it will work for you from the get-go, whether it's healing or energy or clearer skin or weight loss. Some of it will work and then you will eventually see all of it, but don't just try it. For instance, when I would give my children a new dish to try, when I'm making something new, I never said, try this because that would give them the option to not like it. I'd say, here, eat this. And I'd put it in their mouth. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And they liked it. Nine times out of 10, they liked it. But I said, this is going to work. I eliminated the option for this to not work. See, I think mindset is so powerful. So you were like, it's going to work. And the fact that you recognize that it's going to do something, it is doing something. It is working. Right. It is working. Right. Somewhere. 
Right. And for me, I happened to see the weight loss right away, but I also saw the energy and the clearer skin and the growing hair and all of the other things, you know, all of the other non-scale victories, the, hello, the size. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) We had, we like scale victories and non-scale victories. They're all good. Absolutely. Yes. I would very much recommend research, read, talk to others, podcasts, Facebook groups, figure it out tweak it, make it work for you, make it your own. Like we said earlier, and you've said how many times the one rule is the clean fast, right? Anything else is up for you to determine what's working with your body and take pictures, 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 Never mind the scales, the numbers, the measurements, measurements too, but take pictures. My husband, even today texted me and said, send me in a before and after for Melissa, our district manager. And then he finally said of you, I mean, I knew what he was talking about. Because apparently he's talking to our district manager for public wow. about my fasting and how much weight loss <laughs> I made. <laughs> so take pictures <laughs> for yourself and for others. <laughs> and also, here's the time for me. I, I have emphasized this in my new book, Fast, Feast, Repeat, that you need to take your starting pictures wearing clothing, not your underwear, because you're going to want to show these pictures to your district manager and you don't want them to be wearing your underwear, people. We want real photos. Right. (laughs) I took a picture from a year ago at a Gator game because I'm a Florida Gator. And I took a picture of this past September. So about a year apart. Now, September wasn't quite where I am now, but it's close. So I sent that one in different clothing, but... You can see the difference. I'm more confident now to wear shorts. You can definitely see the difference. But I also started taking pictures week one in like running gear and a sports bra kind of thing. So like yoga pants and a sports bra. So that, I also sent that and I did like a collage that I posted when I hit the eight months. So about a week ago on the Facebook group of a big one of my starting and then like six other small pictures. Yeah. Pictures really tell the story. Yes, absolutely. So that would be what I would would suggest sticking with it, giving yourself like you've preached so many times, don't try it for a month and bail, stick with it, get in there and do this lifestyle wise, not diet wise. Exactly. It's not diet is what we eat. A koala bear's diet is eucalyptus leaves, you know? (laughs) So my diet, we're not on a diet. We're living a lifestyle, right? This is just the way I eat now. And I don't even, I've heard you on other podcasts mention time restricted eating, but that to me is restrictive. That's a mental thing. So I like to say time structured eating. Oh, I love that phrase. Because I eat within a typical structure. Well, on that note, I have got to stop our recording now because we are at the end. But thank you so much, Joanne. I have just really enjoyed having you on there. Time structured eating. I love it. Thank you, Jim. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. 
Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. 